Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United WeCast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young-onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader? Audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily, but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. So, I'm going to bounce around uh, again a little bit, and I'm going to freeform it. Usually I have my podcast, since I'm going shorter, fairly scripted, because I don't have a lot of time, and I don't want to waste yours, but... I'm running short on sleep these days, and I do want to knock this out. I didn't want to skip a day. I know you guys have become used to having one waiting for you every morning, and so I didn't want to take take that out of the rotation. So, uh, two subjects that I want to hit. Number one, Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers, and slander on Nicholas Batum. I know, I know, two rather disparate subjects from two different series, but the two games that we most recently saw played. So that's the connection between the two. I was shocked in watching Ben Simmons in the final six, seven minutes of the Sixers 103-100 loss to the Atlanta Hawks, which ties the series and for much of the game, never expected that this is where we would be in the series because it looked like the 76ers basically were ready to roll over the Hawks. Could not put them away. And as I watched the game unfold, I started thinking, who's the floor leader here? We've done so much on Chris Paul and his impact on the Phoenix Suns, and the point guard position just seems to be a subject that keeps coming up, whether it's situation with Luka Doncic in Dallas or Chris Paul in Phoenix or the fact that the Clippers are succeeding by having Kawhi Leonard and Paul George sort of switch off 
as point forwards. In any case, having a floor general, having someone who can control the tempo is vital in playoff games and playoff series. Being able to slow the game down when necessary and being able to push the pace when necessary is vital. And I was thinking, so who is that for the 76ers as I watched this game unfold? And I began to realize it's not Ben Simmons. It's not the guy who signed the max contract of five years and $177 million that will be paying him $40 plus million in the 24-25 season. It's not him. You would think it's him. You might think it's him based on the box score. Because that was the thing after the game. I went to check the box score. The box score looks good. 11 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists, no turnovers. Dude's one dime away from a triple-double. It sounds great. But he was an absolute non-factor in the last six minutes. Contribution, an assist on a swing pass to Furkan Korkmaz, and one of two free throws with about four minutes left. No, it wasn't Hackaben. This was simply he was fouled by John Collins on a, on a rebound. The very fact, though, that teams could employ the Hackaben because he's such a liability at the free throw line, that teams can essentially force Doc Rivers to take him off the floor. He was one for five on free throws in this game. Seven for 20 I believe, in the series to this point. So even if he was able to control the tempo, he's eliminated from that opportunity by the fact that you can't trust him at the free throw line. But even when he's on the floor, he's not the tempo setter. Yes, he more often than not brings the ball up. And then he hands it off to somebody and the offense is initiated. Now, if there are uh, fast break opportunities... That's when Ben is at his best. He's either scoring or he's finding somebody. I was stunned at how often I saw him in the dunker position. Uninvolved, essentially. Looking to clean up a missed shot. Which is why I take great exception to the way the game and the result was advertised on ESPN.com. The headline for the link was Embiid hurting and loss goes 0 for 12 in second half. And then that led to the article with a headline Bothered by ailing knee, Philadelphia 76ers Joel Embiid fades in second half as Atlanta Hawks rally to tie series. Now, from my perspective, Joel Embiid was doing everything he possibly could to win that game. Was his right knee bothering him? It appeared to be so. But he was still playing and he was still involved. I saw an Embiid who was attempting to win the game. I don't care about pretty box scores. I don't care about the efficiency. I mean, it it does matter if we're talking about a J.R. Smith who's just taking crazy shots unorthodox shots, or we're talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo, 
taking pull-up threes on the break. But that's not what Embiid was doing. Embiid was trying to take high percentage shots. He was fighting to get to the rim. He did take high percentage shots. They simply did not fall. I will take that guy every day, all day, as opposed to a Ben Simmons who has this gorgeous box score and yet scored all of his buckets, his five buckets, in the first three quarters and eight of his nine assists in the first three quarters. In a game like this, decided down the stretch, very much decided in the fourth quarter, a guy who's not giving me anything, who's simply standing in the dunker position when he is one of my cornerstones, that's the guy who's going to be in my headline, not the guy who went down swinging. And while I was on Doug Gottlieb's Fox Radio show earlier today, talking about the defense that Ben Simmons was playing on Trey Young earlier in this series. He gave me none of that in the fourth quarter either. Trey Young was going by him. Trey Young essentially won this game in the final minutes, even though he didn't shoot well. And that, to me, could be the deciding difference in this series, is the fact that I look at the Philadelphia 76ers and the way they play defense and their size and their length and Joel Embiid and his ability to punish teams both inside and out. And I feel as if the 76ers should win this series. But then I look at who's their leader? Who's the one that can protect a game that they have in hand or can rally them to win a game where they've fallen behind? And I don't see that guy. And I also... As a result of Ben's cool personality, I don't see any of the joy and camaraderie that I see on this Hawks team for the effort that Trey Young gave tonight because clearly his teammates knew that he was ailing with a right shoulder, which is a right shoulder injury, which is, I imagine, a big reason why he was 8 for 26 and 3 for 11 on three-pointers. Now, he did have 18 dimes against only two turnovers. But what caught my attention most was how his players, his teammates, rallied around him afterward. Bogdanovich, John Collins, Capella. There's a chemistry there that makes them a threat to upset these Sixers. And I did not think that was the case. I fully expected that the Sixers were going to win this game going in and for most of the night. So we'll ultimately see where this goes. But to me, the issue here is not Joel Embiid and his knee. It is very much Ben Simmons, what they're paying him and what they expect him to be. And if he's in the dunker position, Doc Rivers knows all this. Doc Rivers is not trying to play through him, which is an extraordinary concession when you have a 6'11 point guard who has the athleticism that Ben Simmons has. And look, I'm not saying that he hasn't had some great performances in this series, but you never know when you're going to get one. He's not consistent by any means. 
And certainly when it comes to the fourth quarter, more often than not, he's invisible. And that's the last place that I can have my point guard getting ghostly on me. There's at least one person out there, though, who vehemently disagrees with my view of Ben Simmons. And that's whoever gave him a fourth place vote for MVP. Now, I don't know whether they had Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons on their ballot. You get to pick five names, one through five. Or they thought that Ben Simmons was more important to the 76ers than Joel Embiid or more responsible for them having the best record in the Eastern Conference. In either case, I don't know what they're thinking. And I don't need to know. But it'll be interesting to see once the results of all of the voters and how they voted has not been uh, released, will not be released until the very last award is given out. And then they give that big scoreboard. That's one of the first things I'll be looking at when I look at it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. Before I close, I do want to get to Nicholas Batum, uh, newly minted center or of the Los Angeles Clippers, who are now 2-2 in their series with the Utah Jazz and seem to be coming together at just the right time. Marcus Morris finally joined the three-point shooting party tonight, uh, or earlier tonight, rather. And as a result, they rolled over the Utah Jazz, 118-104. Marcus Morris Sr., 5 for 6 from three-point range, 24 points. Not a surprise in that he, percentage-wise, was their best three-point shooter. But he was something like 3 for 17 coming into the game. And I knew that was going to change, which is why I was very optimistic about this particular game after what they did with Game 3. This is the distinction that the Clippers have, is that Coach Ty Lue simply has a deeper deck than anybody else. He can utilize more pieces in different ways. They can play small. They can play big. They've got multiple guys who can initiate the offense. They've got multiple on-the-ball defenders, Terrence Mann, Patrick Beverly, obviously Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, cream of the crop when it comes to that. And then they can just spread the floor and kill you from three-point range. Reggie Jackson's for real. Marcus Morris is for, for real. Kawhi Leonard can take you into the mid-range. And now, when they, especially when they play small, with the starting lineup that they have right now of Batum, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, and Paul George, they can switch everything, which blows up most pick and rolls in particular, which is what everybody plays more than anything else. But I wanted to get to Batum because 
of a conversation I had with a scout before the season. We were talking about the additions that the Clippers had made. Nicholas Batum, Serge Ibaka, and then obviously trading Lou Will for Rajon Rondo. I felt all of those moves. Uh, Luke Kennard for Landry Shamit. Almost forgot him. I thought all of those moves made them a smarter, more solid, less emotional, high-strung team. The roller coaster ride that last season was, I believe, was a result of that makeup. And when I mentioned Batum, the scout said, you can't win with him. And now I've, I'd heard that in various places before about Batum. And you hear things like this in various ways. It happens with role players more than main players. And it often happens with guys who happen to have been paid big at some point in their careers and didn't live up to the contract in some way, shape, or form. And certainly that was the case with Batum, who signed a five-year, $120 million contract with the Charlotte Hornets in 2016. Nicholas Batum was never a five-year, $120 million player. But he's also not a vet minimum $2 million player. Or at least that's not what he's been for the Los Angeles Clippers. And he's defied what would be the norm, which is a guy who's already been paid, who is just continuing to, what, live the NBA life, appreciates the NBA lifestyle, doesn't have anything better to do, might as well keep on hooping and getting paid for it. Batum has been way more than that. Now, may not be aware of this, but there's also a prejudice against Western European players. It has been around forever. Pat Riley won't even draft one. And while the league has become smarter and we've become more global and all of that, there's still a reticence. There's still an idea that the Western European players are soft or that they're coming over for the money and to live in the States and all that. I know it sounds like an antiquated view, but believe me, it still lingers. And I have to think that Batum, a Frenchman, that the view of him was probably influenced by that built-in prejudice. In any case, he is completely, completely defying that by what he has done for the Clippers. For those who may not be aware, Serge Ibaka, back injury, he was supposed to be the small ball five, the small ball big man, the stretch five, when they didn't play Avica Zubac. Now, there are unsubstantiated rumors that Ibaka's back injury was, well, conveniently came along when he was taken out of the starting lineup. And his decision to have back surgery now and have it fixed so that it doesn't impact his offseason to the same degree is another unsubstantiated rumor that is making the rounds. I'm not saying it is true. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just sharing here on the On The Ball podcast a little bit of innuendo. 
I think we're allowed to do that on podcasts, if we're not. Well, at least we're allowed to do it here. Batum has stepped into the breach with a Bach out and is doing incredible yeoman's work defending Rudy Gobert. Now, whether you're aware of it or not, every NBA player has a healthy ego. No one wants to be dunked on. No one wants to be made to look physically inferior. No one wants to be given a task that is, well, yeoman's work. And Batum has embraced that very thing. It's not what a guy who is supposedly soft or you can't win with does. Those are winning things. That is a winning attitude. And by the way, Paul George has joined in. They've been trading off Batum and Paul George checking Rudy Gobert. A thankless task. And when you have an all-star making sacrifices like that, it makes it easier for everybody else to do the same. Almost compels them to do the same. And again, it's why the Clippers may just have that mojo. Look, I'm still I'm still scarred from the bubble. I'm still scarred from what I thought they had last year. And then cautiously, slowly got back on the train with the moves they made during the offseason and then the way they have stayed with trying to get better. Never got a sense of self-satisfaction from this year's team the way I did last year. So I'm hoping that the Clippers do reach the finals. And I hope that Nicholas Batum continues to have a big part of that so that I can go back and have another conversation with that particular scout. All right, that does it for this freewheeling, freeform, totally unscripted version of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. The number of ratings we have apparently moves the podcast and where it is in the order of basketball podcasts. And if you like this podcast and you think other people should be liking this podcast and listening to this podcast, then by all means, throw some stars my way. Big game five on the slate. So big between Brooklyn and Milwaukee that it's the only game of the night. No doubt we will be getting into that result and what caused it in the next podcast. In the meantime, as always... Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.